Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey, one-hit thunders, thunderheads, thunder buns. All right, I'll just go with one-hit thunder listeners. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song that they have written. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites such as Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurwitz, up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu, and even some of the artists that have been featured on One Hit Thunder. The show is even produced by One Hit Thunder host Chris Fafalius. What more could you possibly ask for? Krista Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. I guarantee you'll like it, or we'll give you your money back. Against all odds, a song completely sung in German floated all the way up to number two on the Billboard charts in 1983, rising above some of the biggest artists of the 80s. Even more surprising, the danceable pop gem 99 Luftballons was actually a protest song about a theoretical nuclear war. This week, we're joined by Cheer Up Dusty vocalist Justin Humanic to find out if we should all pick up a few Nina records with the money we've got, or if we should think of them and let it go. All you need to make the money guaranteed, and you can 
live off royalties forever And it makes me wonder, is it just a wonder Or is it one hit thunder? So Justin, you are joining us today to talk Nina. This is one of those songs that I can't believe it took us this many episodes to dive into Nina 99 Luft Balloons. Why did you choose this song for, is my first question. I mean, one, it's a good song, no matter oh, yeah. if it's the, uh, <laughs> the pop version or the rock version or, you know, whatever else it's just, it has that hook. And I think that's kind of the key to any song. It doesn't have to be this masterpiece or this, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy solos that, or whatever impressive. It just has to be catchy. And I think mm-hmm. this song just uses that, you know, that catch. everything. Everything about this song is catchy. I, I would agree. I mean, the chorus is amazing. Even those, <laughs> the the intro, I made a note of how amazing the bass sounds in this song. I know I'm a bassist and everything, but like the little, the little slides and pops on the bass during the riff, I'm just like, this sounds so good. This is such a fun song. Matt, how did it take us so long to get to this one? I don't understand. I have no clue. I guess people just don't want to talk about Germans. Like, that's the only thing I could think of. So, Chris, I have to ask you, when you were researching this, was this the first time you realized that Nina was both the band's name and the name of the vocalist? Yeah, yeah. I guess I always just assumed (laughs) Nina was the lady from the band, but Nina is actually the band, even though she is also Nina. Her nickname was Nina given to her. Her actual name is Gabrielle Kerner, but she got the nickname Nina, which is Spanish for little girl when she was a toddler on a family vacation in Spain. So that's the backstory on Nina, in case anyone was wondering. And we will note, this is important to note, we are talking about... 99 Luft Balloons. We are not talking about the English version of this song, 99 Red Balloons, which actually never charted, surprisingly. It was the German version that charted. Yeah. The other thing I just want to bring up, because this is the funniest thing I've read during this entire research, is obviously we're doing an episode about Nina. If you're listening, I'm sure you can assume that Nina is not still a currently active band. But when the band Nina broke up, the vocalist Nina went off and did solo music for many, many years, but she made one album where the band Nina was her backup band, and she called that album Nina featuring Nina, which (laughs) is so funny to me. (laughs) Love it, love it. Have you ever thought about what this song meant, like the meaning behind this song? Because I really never did, and I was kind of shocked when I dove into the meaning of this. And the thing is, I'm going to just speak about it biased because... Obviously, I have heard, you know, the the Nina, the original, the true version. But I mean, I'll I'd be lying if I didn't say that the version that I'm more up to date with is uh, the Goldfinger version. Oh, Um, we knew it was coming. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Matt called that and said, how long is it going to take until he breaks up the Goldfinger version? I I love it. It was under four minutes. We're three minutes and 50 seconds. Look. (laughs) So it's a good cover. It is a a really good cover. It is a good cover. It's, I mean, it's, to me, it's one of those covers that, I mean, the same respect as, you know, the original. You think it, you think it almost supersedes the original. No, I can't say that. That's not, oh, it's I'm okay if you think over that. <laughs> it's a, no, it's I, okay well, if you I, think it. Look, I've well, seen Goldfinger play it live before. They do 
play it awesome. Like they do do yeah. a rockin' version of it. It is undoubtedly more rockin' than the original, but you know, the original and I appreciate that exist. they juggle between English and German verses, which is cool. Right. Like yeah. they they didn't have to throw a German verse in the middle of that song, but they did, which is at least a little respectful, I guess. For sure, for sure. Well, I was gonna say my perception of it, I think just goes like is I I thought it was like a date song. We're on a date. It's a <laughs> Oh like, man, I, are I, you I, ever wrong? I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at you, Justin. I'm laughing with you. Because <laughs> there, there has never been someone who's more off of what the song. <laughs> this song's literally about nuclear war. Justin just made I, a face. <laughs> I guess my mind is very innocent. I don't know where I first heard that, but I've I've known that for a while. For really? a long time, I knew that this was a nuclear war song, and I think it was because. You know, I I'd heard the Goldfinger version, and I'm like, "What the hell is this song about?" And I like really sat down and read the lyrics, and it may have even been like a VH1 like hits of the '80s countdown list where they broke it, got got down to nitty gritty of it. But yeah, it's a it's a story. It's based on, um, I said I think I read it was based on something that the band at least said actually happened in the '70s. Yeah, where a group of kids released a bunch of balloons into the air. And for a little bit of time, people thought that it was a spaceship, but then they took it one step further of like, well, what if people really believed that it was a spaceship and all of these armies tried to destroy that spaceship and ended up just destroying each other in a nuclear holocaust over something as innocent as balloons? Right. Because we're all so on edge. Well, the like, thing the thing about it is, and this song's from the 80s, and there's actually a podcast I started listening to, but I kind of zone in and out when I listen to it now. It's... It only started, like, from the time we're releasing this, this podcast only started in the past, like, month or so. But it's hosted by Ed Helms, who, you know, Ed, who Ed Helms yeah. is. He's Andy from The Office uh, yeah. or, you know, from The Hangover or whatever. Ed Helms, funny guy. But he hosts this podcast where it's all about how in the 80s, during, like, the Cold War, there were these things happening that no one knew about where it was like the risk of nuclear war was so high, yet everyone just like kind of didn't know how close we were to it and how it was all misunderstandings like from side to side. It's an interesting podcast. I forget what it's called. If you search for an Ed Helms podcast, it'll come up. But this song in that same vein is kind of the story of like a drop of water dropping into an ocean that turns somewhere into a tsunami because the story now – I will note, this story gets messed up in translation. Like, when you listen to the English version of this song, it's not quite as succinct of a story. But this is basically the story of this song. 99 balloons are released into the air, and they are mistaken for UFOs. This causes a general to send pilots to investigate it. The pilots find nothing but balloons, but... The pilots put on a large show of firepower, and because they do that, all that big display of force worries all the nations along the border. So then all the war ministers from those countries that saw this display of power from these pilots, they all encourage the conflict so they can grab power. And then a cataclysmic war results from an otherwise harmless flight of these balloons. It's just like this building and building and building thing. So Justin, 
I, I, I wasn't making fun of you when you laughed and you thought <laughs> no. you thought this well, was a dating song, but oh, no, that, no. I, that's the story. I'm on Wikipedia making sure everything you're saying is right or else yeah. I'm coming back with okay. a nice singer. <laughs> but uh, you're kind of hitting the nail on the head here according yeah. to Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, there's yeah. – and the – you're right with the the difference in the English and German language one because I know that the English version doesn't have this line. Um, they, I'm sure they changed it to something else, which is that one of the lyrics is "99 years of war left no room for victors," mm-hmm. which basically meaning like everybody lost in this. Um, I do think it's interesting though that where it came from, the inspiration of this was that the guitarist of the band, uh, Carlo, was at a Rolling Stones concert in West Berlin. And while he was there, he noticed that balloons were being released into the air from the stage. And as he watched them move towards the horizon, he wondered what would happen if they were to float over the Berlin Wall into the Soviet sector of Germany and like what could happen. Like what like what this was like his worst case scenario of what could happen. It is interesting, though, that the band has almost kind of renounced the English version (laughs) of it. Um, they weren't really happy oh, really? with with how it turned out. Ninety nine Luft balloons actually translates to ninety nine air balloons, mm-hmm. but they changed it to red balloons in the English one because it just felt like it fit the the rhythm better in in English than it flowed in German. So there's there's your fun fact, listeners. Luft is not German for red. <laughs> uh, Luft balloons is one word. It's yeah, not yeah. Luft balloons. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm, and, I'm learning. I'm learning, man. And it's only one O. It's like <laughs> left belongs, which I'm sure none of us are pronouncing this correctly in German. Yeah, you're or whatever, right. But, There's only one but, O. It's only one. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I don't. I don't really know why. Did you guys watch the music video for this? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, I guess it's the English one. Well, they did make two. They made two. They two. They made two videos, yeah. Chris. Not only did I watch the music video, I have s- my favorite fun fact about this music video. What's that? Do you remember back in 2006 when we were dealing with a little thing called Hurricane Katrina? I do. And everybody was doing their part to fix it? Right. So VH1 Classic ran a charity event where viewers who made donations could choose what music videos the station would play. And one person donated $35,000 to program an entire hour of just 99 loaf balloons and 99 red balloons back to back for 90 straight minutes. I love that. Money well spent. Yeah. If I, <laughs> if I was rich beyond whatever and I wanted to do a good thing, that'd be such a fun way to donate. Like, I just want 90, 99 loaf balloons, red balloons, just, just alternate. <laughs> This should happen more often. I would love to program music television for, you know, if I ever become rich, that's how I'll spend my money. Anyway, hey, what I wanted to say (laughs) about the video and this band is this is like an era of the 80s where, look, I know they're German, so you have that aspect of it. But even like the style and like the look of the video and everything, it feels like it's like from another planet. Yeah. And the people all look like, so much fun to hang out with just their style and the way they look and everything i'm just like these people they have so much fun playing and they look so cool these would be like my dream friends now i know this you might want to pause the podcast and watch the video for at least like 20 seconds and then you might see what i'm talking about because if i could have dream 80s friends it would be this band it's a very 80s music video <laughs> oh even, my God. even with it on mute you could just it reminds me of um, Africa by Toto. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of smoke everywhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's no yes. there's no effects or anything yet. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I saw that. You know, obviously, Nina is not a one-hit wonder in Germany. Uh, their first hit was a song called. <laughs> This is going to be a challenge. I would love to hear Matt pronounce this. Oh, there's a reason why I'm letting you yeah, talk, buddy. It is, the, the, the name of the song is Nur Gertompt, which translate. They, they did do an English version of this one, too, called Just a Dream. But there's a video, which you can also YouTube this, of them performing the song on TV. Now, it's one of those like top of the pop style performances where they're obviously just lip syncing because she doesn't even have a microphone. She's just she's just <laughs> singing she's just singing into the void. <laughs> but here's what I'll say. She's wearing what I guess was her very distinctive like little red mini skirt and she is performing so hard and dancing so hard while, you know, lip syncing the song or whatever i give her credit even if she's just lip syncing it because of the pure aerobic performance of this performance it is it's incredible you got to check that one out too and a pretty a pretty cool song as well i i dig it now nah, the entertainment value is there that's it that's all you need absolutely man this was like one of those bands where i never dug deeper into their catalog until we got to this episode and i had like a nice little playlist of them going today on spotify and i was like i don't hate that. Like, if you like 99 Luft Balloons, guess what? There's a whole lot of other songs by them that sound like 99 <laughs> Luft Balloons. Like, 99 more like, songs you're going to like. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, hey, this is, this is their sound, and I dig their sound. They did have a very short career yeah. as well, unfortunately. On one hand, you could look at it as they had this huge hit. They had a big debut single in Germany kind of became like this overnight sensation from this TV performance. Then their second single is this 99 Luft Balloon song, which does exceedingly well in 1983 when it's released. It starts to hit the charts in the US, peaks at number two in 1984. Yep. So it peaked on March 3rd, 1984, just behind Jump by Van Halen. That was the song that kept it from being a number one song. Tough break, tough break. Stacked top 10. Oh, I want to hear this top 10. So we've got, I'm not going to go through all 10, but here's some of the notable ones that were on there. At number 10, Huey Lewis in the News, I Want a New Drug. Ooh. At number eight, we had The Police with Wrapped Around Your Finger. At number seven, we had an episode that we've already done, Rockwell with Somebody's Watching Me. Ooh. At number six, we had Culture Club with Karma Chameleon. Wow. At number four, we had Michael Jackson with Thriller. And whoa. at number three, we had Cindy Lauper with Girls Just Want to Have whoa, Fun. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> this, is, this is peak 80s chart. This is, rivaling, yeah, well, yeah. this is rivaling that 1987 chart that you read that a couple weeks ago, Matt. <laughs> this is banger after banger. Dude, gr I don't even know. Oh, my God. Thriller and Girls Just Want to Have Fun were both below this. Below, below this. Below <laughs> this song sung all in German. <laughs> 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 That's pretty incredible. Hey, I, one thing I wanted to say about this, and Justin, you might uh, agree with me to a certain point. The vocal delivery in a song. Okay. There's a lot of people out there that are lyric people. I get that. To a certain extent, I'm a lyric person too. But I'm also a melody and sort of like the phonetic sound of the syllables guy, maybe even more than the lyrics, just the way it sounds, the way it hits your ears. And there might be something special about, I mean, German pronunciation in the 
form of singing. You know, you have some weird things that happen, some throat sounds and things in the German language that don't happen in English. I don't know if that's why this would be appealing, but it definitely adds to the, I don't know, sort of, I don't know if this is the right word, but exoticness of this, you know? <laughs> Is that the right word? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if German <laughs> Germany's necessary. Yeah, why not? It's exotic to me, you know. I'm just a uh, dumb American. Yeah. yeah, right. I would agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm more like they could be saying nonsense, but mm -hmm. if it if it has that earworm, if it catches, I mean, you got the hook. I mean, it's there. So right. I would agree with you where the sound of it's more important to me than the actual words. Yeah, which I guess sounds kind of odd coming from me, but yeah, that's that's the god honest truth. Apparently, people in the 80s agreed with that, for this to be that high. And then Van Halen Jump is what they couldn't get past. I would have thought, now, of course, things are going up and down at all times. I'm sure Thriller was number one. I'm sure Girls Just Want to Have Fun was number one at some point. But to be in the mix with all those songs, no wonder this song has stood the test of time. I mean, that was an impressive top 10. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with factors, delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie smart, protein plus, and keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout, plus... Considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50, the words one hit and the number 50 that is, at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Chris. I can't think of many people in this world that love band merch more than you do. Is there a piece of band merch that you regret not getting? You know, the first ever real concert I went to, like at an actual venue, was to see Bad Religion. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get a Bad Religion tour t-shirt on that tour. I can't believe I didn't do that. I would, if I had that right now, I would still wear it. I would wear it like, you know, 25 plus years later. Yeah. I, re I regret it to this day. Don't you sometimes wish that there was like a, a website that had a ton of great band merch that you could go and maybe try to find that shirt? You know, I was just thinking to myself, I wish there was a website that had over 500,000 
pieces of merchandise from bands and artists. Well, Chris, haven't you been talking about our sponsor this month, like That's all right. month long? That's right. <laughs> Rockabilia.com has over 500,000 items. I mean, we're talking T-shirts, hoodies, ashtrays, belt buckles, coffee mugs, toys. I mean, everything you can imagine on Rockabilia.com. And I could get a cool Bad Religion shirt there. I want the classic Bad Religion shirt. You know what the classic one is? No, what's the classic one? It's the black T-shirt with, like, the logo, with the cross, with the, the like. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. Okay. That's a classic Bad Religion T-shirt. Those I love those kind of T-shirts, the ones that are, like, classics. You mentioned it before, the Nirvana smiley face logo, the Rage Against the Machine shirt. I mean, there's there's so many of them. That Bad Religion shirt is very iconic. And, you know, I love it because not only are you supporting the artists that you love on Rockabilia, yes, everything is officially licensed on Rockabilia.com, but also you're getting something that you could wear that's comfortable. I love that. I love that too. Well, go 15% off, use the word thunder, and get something nice for yourself or is it one of your loved ones, <laughs> be it for a hot birthday or a holiday or anything else. Dude, that was... <laughs> That was such a funny sentence structure that you just used there. So go. I was piecing it together off. in the moment. So go. 15% off. Rockabilia.com. Thunder. Like, yes. What Matt was trying to say in a very roundabout way is go to Rockabilia.com. Use the discount code THUNDER to get 15% off your order. Get yourself some awesome t-shirts and hoodies. Get a gift for a friend. Get a gift for yourself and support the music that you love. I do want to mention, we were talking about how they were kind of against, not against, but they didn't love the English version. I found a couple quotes from them that I think are worth pointing out. The The members of the band expressed disapproval of the English version of the song. Um, the band's keyboardist and songwriter said, we made a mistake. I think the song loses something in translation and even can sound silly lyrically. In another interview, the band, including Nina herself, was quoted in being not completely satisfied with the English version since it was a little too blatant and they didn't want to be seen as a protest band. Which I get. As long as there has been labels, <laughs> there has been bands not wanting to have those labels. <laughs> and then you're kind of like caught in a box at that point. Yeah. Billy Joe hates that Green Day gets called a pop punk band. So do I. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I hate I hate the I, that that's been a constant theme on this show is I hate the the term pop punk. I think it sounds like it sounds like you're sucking on a lollipop and skipping jump rope down the road. It sounds like it sounds like, it sounds like music for little babies. Like I don't yeah. like that term, but <laughs> Dude, we should make a shirt that says pop punk <laughs> babies first anarchy. <laughs> anyway, but what I was going to say though, is like, I thought that was cool about them that they were like a pro. I thought that was like punk rock of them. Like I, I actually liked that. I'm like, Oh, this is badass. This isn't, this isn't a song about going on a date. Like Justin thinks this is, this is a song about, <laughs> this is a song about like, this is social commentary. This is about like, war and how we're always on the knife's edge of i mean we really are even to this day yeah. like the the couple decisions by a couple people in power like it's amazing that <laughs> that humans haven't yeah. completely obliterated the earth yet but i think i get it because i think that if if your first song is seen as a protest song like everyone's just going to assume that your entire band's ethos is that you are like the 80s version of Rage Against the Machine, right? They're just like, oh, 
their first hit was a protest song. That must be what everything that this band represents is versus like you could put out a really good dance pop song and then surprise people by having a really like meaningful song about what's going on in the world. And I feel like that sometimes has more power. Like, you know, obviously I'm going to talk about Weird Al for a second because I have a Weird Al podcast, right? But like, but Weird Al, for as funny as Weird Al's songs are, there are so many songs where he's bringing up like social awareness of shit that's going on, but it's like under the guise of comedy. Like he's still expressing his own anxieties about like, hey, we're in a bad situation, but no one would be like, oh, Weird Al, the master of protest music. You know what I mean? Like he got yeah, to escape that label. He's a comedian from the from the get go. Yeah. Yeah, that that threat of nuclear war, not that we don't still live under that threat, <laughs> you know, always, but I think in the 80s it was especially heightened. It was basically like we were living in the real life version even though we didn't know. We were living in the real life version of that movie War Games. Yep. You know, that that was actually not that that movie was a true story, but it was uh based on some some aspects of reality. So what I wanted to talk about, though, is the breakup of this band real quick, mm -hmm. because they had all this success. They're they're killing it. And even in Germany, they actually ended up having a couple higher charting songs off the next album in Germany, but none of those songs became international hits. And then they see their popularity starting to dip. Then they just kind of disappear. They never announced that they're having a breakup. But it turns out that, like, on one hand, you could be like, oh, their popularity was waning and they decided to hang it up. But actually... There was a lot of personal conflict happening yeah, sure within was. the band. The, so the bassist was married to Nina's sister, mm -hmm. and they filed for divorce. No, and then Nina good. was dating no. the drummer, and they broke up at the exact same time. So it was kind of just like the relationships of the members of the band caused more of a, of a breakup. But it's worth noting that throughout Nina's career as a solo artist – she constantly collaborated with almost every single member of this band in one way or another. The drummer that she used to date was the drummer on her 1993 tour. And like they reunited for a show after the guitarist died unexpectedly. And they like did their first reunion show and album. That's where the Nina featuring Nina album came out of was like in honor of, of that person. So it seems like even though they broke up for personal conflicts, whatever piece of friendship brought them together as a band wasn't like so fully severed. I think it is a good idea to not date your bandmates. I think that's always a bad idea. You know, I <laughs> mean, look never... at Fleetwood Mac, <laughs> no doubt. Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I kind of think in that, I wonder, that's a good question. Sonny and Cher, were they a couple first or were they a, a duo first? I think they were a couple first. Okay. Johnny Cash and his wife used to um, perform yeah. all the time together yeah. too. Yeah, I can't think of her name. June but. Carter, Justin, where do you where do you live? Yeah, well, I lived in Philly until um just last year, and now I'm I'm right over the bridge um in South Jersey, um but it's for work or else gotcha. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd be back in the city. I was gonna say Justin, I think actually has more of a true Philly accent. I have what they call a Delco accent, which Delco, <laughs> which, Delco. which is a much longer <laughs> strength, a lot of straining on the O's. 
in my pronunciation of stuff. And I, I apparently, <laughs> even though I don't hear it, I apparently have a very thick Pittsburgh accent, which people always comment on. So I can imagine people listening to this between a, a Philly accent, a Pittsburgh accent, and a Delco accent. Being like, Delco. What the hell am I listening to? What, I, what is wrong with these guys? <laughs> are you anywhere near Beaver Falls? Uh, Beaver, ring a bell? Yeah, Beaver Falls is, you know, it's about an hour north of me. I got a friend that lives there, yeah. Because we went, I, I played a show there recently and I let the word John slip out and <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't hear the end of it for like hour, like the rest of the night. Yeah. J-A-W-N, but, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And that could be used as, as in place of anything, correct? Anything like, and everything. That John over can... there could mean that restaurant or that yeah. guy or that bike, yeah. right? <laughs> well, do you watch Rick and Morty where the one guy squanch? He's like, yeah. squanch, squanch. Yeah, Everybody right. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's John. <laughs> Look, the best, the best story with the word John in the history of Philly, as far as I'm concerned, is that there was a point, and I don't remember the full details on this, but there was a guy in a house holding someone at gunpoint, and the police were trying to break up the situation, and this dude was firing out the door at the police, kind of in a fight for his life. And as this is happening, trending on Twitter in Philadelphia was John Wick. J-A-W-N Wick to describe the situation that was happening. Guys, we better decide if Nina brought the one-hit thunder or was a one-hit blunder. Now, Justin, I don't know if you know the the stipulations for this, but basically (laughs) there are no real rules. We try. Here's what I here's what I say. I try to take into consideration the rest of the artist catalog that I listen to and their sure. career and, you know, anything else that you want to bring in to the conversation. Were, did they bring the one hit thunder or was it a one hit blunder? Now you could argue like they had this one hit, they faded away, they broke up. This is kind of all, all they really had. Or you could say they're, they're pretty cool. I don't know. We'll let you start thunder or blunder. Are you going to, cool. and you could also take it into consideration. Are you going to, keep listening to the catalog of Nina? Are you going to, are you good on it? Oh, um, I, I mean, so you have to, you're asking me, I'm obviously, you know, in, in America. And you did say that they had done better, um, you know, in their, you know, in their homeland of Germany. Right. So to me, as a kid growing up in Philadelphia, who knows that one song, mm-hmm. I, I unfortunately have to call them a one hit wonder, but respectably, Okay. I don't want to be a, like a dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can be. A, hey, I've been a dick about it many times on this show. Believe me. No, because I don't want someone from Nina to like be hearing this. Oh, that that bad. happens. That happens sometimes, Justin. It has happened to us. Probably. Has that happened? Oh, oh, it has happened many really? times. Many times. In, in some situations, it leads to us getting a cool new guest, and, and, some, and in other situations, yeah. it leads to weeks of messaging on Instagram trying to make them not hate us. Oh, see, I, I'm not one for confrontation, so I don't want anyone from Nina to be mad. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they'll. I don't think Nina will be mad. Matt, how yeah, are you feeling about Nina? I mean, I. I want Nina to like me, so I'm gonna know. <laughs> no, I uh, I liked. I actually liked the back catalog stuff that I heard. I I think that this is a really good song, and the fact that they wrote a song so good that even though it wasn't in English, it was standing above Michael Jackson and Cindy Lauper in the middle of the '80s when that is like yeah. the decade of Cindy Lauper and and Michael Jackson. I think that's dope as hell actually yeah. i'm gonna give them 
a Thunder. I don't know if I'm going to run out and buy all four Nina albums and add them to my, my record collection or anything, but if I was looking for some 80s music to put on, I could do worse than the Nina back catalog. Respect. Yeah. I think your best point was the fact that this song, sung in German, was so good that it was higher on the charts, even if it was just for a week, than Michael Jackson and Cyndi Lauper in the middle of the freaking 80s. That is pretty <laughs> impressive. I did, like I said, I watched videos, live videos of these guys and and music videos, and I just look at them and like they are having so much fun. I want to be friends with these people. I want to look like these people. <laughs> I want if I could have a time machine and go hang out with Nina, I would. And I didn't mind the rest of the the catalog as well. Like I did like that song, the one that in English, the English version was. Um, just a dream. Yeah. The, the Nur Gertompt, the one where there's a really good live video of it. I'm sure there's some sort of like throat sound in the pronunciation of Nur Gertompt or something like that. I like that song. <laughs> that A, that A in the name has, um, and I'm not a, I'm not an English. I'm, I don't know. You're like, not? It, no. I was about to say I'm not an English major, and I'm like, wait, I'm trying to read something in German. That right. I don't know if that made sense or not. I just worked 10 hours today. I'm so oh, sorry. It's okay. Yeah, there's an accent, I'm, Mark. There's, I'm, I'm there's giving you a hard time, Justin. That's just because I like you. <laughs> yeah, there's some accent marks going on over some of the yeah, letters in the there, world. Yeah. yeah, there's, you know, and, yeah. but I mean, the thing is, it, it paved the way, I think, because you know that one, and I'm sorry, I don't, um, I like it like that Cardi B song, mm -hmm. where like five percent of it's in English, the rest of it is in Spanish, right? But yeah. that would that charted, that was a major hit song. What was that two summers ago? So well, and this was the same time we have to keep in mind of Falco with Falco Rock Me Amadeus, which yeah. is mostly is that also German or it was that be, um might be Austrian? It's Austrian. It's mostly Austrian with only a few English words, and that got to number one, like. I don't know what was going on in the 80s, but we were like, sure, send it on over. Vibing with it. <laughs> instrumentals, too. Sometimes some instrumentals. Axel F. And, uh, yeah. oh, and rest in peace to uh, former subject of an episode. Oh, the Greek guy. You know. Oh, da, yeah. The da, Chariots da, of Fire da, theme. Da, yeah. Da. Vangelis. Yeah, Vangelis. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... um. I, I actually do think we'll never see that again. I don't think we'll ever see a situation where an instrumental song tops the charts yeah instrumentals i, I wouldn't language. say never say never yeah you think an instrumental's on the <laughs> way i mean, I mean could it be could it be a song from cheer up dusty which is my way of also saying hey tell us a little bit about cheer up dusty well, may well maybe because i am just the singer so obviously then you you cut me out of the <laughs> equation get him out of here you, you have you have uh you know my three friends who are all amazing musicians yeah maybe they could pull it off you nice know? <laughs> you know I, i'm just you know as long as i'm there it's fine so well first of all before before we ask you a little bit more about cheer up dusty let me say thunder so you lose, yeah. Justin. It's two. It's two thunders to one blunder. <laughs> so, sorry, right. sorry. That's yeah. So Nina's it. not angry at us, but she might not be a fan of Cheer Up Dusty. Which again, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Cheer Up. Dusty. What's going on with Cheer Up Dusty? <laughs> well, it sucks. Now it's just like, oh, I was, Nina's gonna call me. Like I was gonna ask you to open for us, but you know, I guess you know, forget about that. Well, Cheer Up Dusty, it's a it's a band I started a couple years ago, um, like right kind of before the pandemic hit, and I recorded our first first EP. Um, with my roommate in um in my bedroom at the time and then um what i thought would be a couple shows a little fun here and there now we're we have just finished our 30p and 
we just did our, our third run. I just got back from tour like two nights ago. And um, yeah, we're just out here trying to do trying to do the thing. Nice. Love it. This dude came back from tour, worked a 10 hour day and you're giving him shit for on a podcast. <laughs> That's great. He loves yeah. it. He loves it. <laughs> no, I, just, I mean, you're you're from Pittsburgh and, you know, I know you guys aren't like the the nicest people out yeah. there not like, not, not like us in philadelphia oh yeah, yeah the you, friendly, guys, the... you guys have a real good representation <laughs> real good rep for being such nice people i've i've seen those eagles games they're super oh, no. super sweet no, our kindness <laughs> is like you're you, you you have a flat tire yeah. i'm gonna change your flat tire for you but i'm gonna call you like dumb and stupid while i do it <laughs> but i'm gonna do it because i love you and i'm here for you but you're going to get the crap, the shade at the same time. That's the representation of what Philadelphia is like. One of my favorite Philly memories of the past few years is, so our guitarist Trevor lives in Fishtown and we were staying, oh, nice. we were, we were staying at his house uh, for the night, you know, in the middle of a tour and we're all dragging our bags, you know, our suitcases and stuff to his house. We had to park pretty far away. I remember it being cold out, we're like all like miserable 2 a.m. dragging all our suitcases and blankets and stuff and some guy pulls up in a truck and goes you know where I, he said i think he said you know where i could find any whores around here and we we were like <laughs> we we're like what he went suck my dick <laughs> and drove off we we're like what what just happened that's that was a that was a classic I, philly moment <laughs> i have a story i i said that to this guy holding like his guitar case a couple of years ago right yeah yeah i'm I sure just, i just drove up now right, right yeah but that's cool he lives in fishtown fishtown's nice man yeah i've had some <laughs> good time. that area i've had some good times in fishtown but i've also had a good time on this podcast with you today justin thanks for coming on and thanks for talking nina with us guys i appreciate you guys making time for me and um yeah, man, it was a, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, gonna write a story, watch it on Mari. Gotta be the drama, wanna be the one. Don't wanna feel my brothers or let down my mother. Getting over trauma, learn to fall in love. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Christopher Fallius of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah, and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Legacy by Cheer Up Dusty featuring this week's guest Justin on vocals. Stream them anywhere music's available. We're on Patreon now. Become a patron and get bonus content, early episodes, and a chance to vote on future episodes at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast. Do you want to start a podcast? Contact Chris and myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcasting apps and tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, this is Chris Santos, host of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media Podcast part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Delirious Nomads is a podcast about all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports. And me being a chef and all, we'll be riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.